0: report with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. Your weatherman is checking in with you today. Yes, he <laughs> certainly is. Now I'm wondering where Noah finds himself. In Georgia, in the United States somewhere, mm. or in the UK and Ireland? Because I mean there's a red warning there.
1: Yeah, I think, I think around most of the world at the moment there's some some pretty odd weather, isn't there? In America they've got uh, more ice storms and in Australia they've got bushfires and I guess you have perfect weather. Is that, we is, do indeed. Yeah, off to the beach,
0: might. off to the show, no, absolutely.
1: Well, we've had this warning, this um, official red warning. We get one of these per winter, more or less. Sometimes it's ice or storms, in this case, hurricane force winds. It's a sort of a batten down the hatches, hide under the covers, cross your fingers and pray kind of warning, basically, and we're talking miles per hour of wind. That's kind of gust. That's 180 kph. And the result of it now is only just being looked at because it's still dark here. So obviously they'll now get to grips with Mm -hmm. the fact there will be plenty of roads blocked with fallen trees. We knew yesterday evening there were some roads blocked with fallen trees. Football matches cancelled. Schools were closing. Ferries cancelled. Sandstorms being whipped off the beaches and causing all sorts of problems. And again, that's partly why people, uh, particularly we're talking West Wales and North West England, went home... But the worst legacy is the fallen power line. And in the island of Ireland, uh, about a quarter of a million people are without electricity. That might be a conservative conservative estimate. In Wales and England, it's about 100,000. On top of the fact that this storm, with all its wind and everything else, brought torrential rain, and again on top of already flooded Britain. We are one great weather mess at the moment. And uh, as... uh, the Prime Minister is saying unprecedented and promising resources for victims, etc., etc. But we probably don't have enough. We just don't have mm. enough emergency services to help everyone.
0: Yeah, some people should just count themselves lucky when you... Uh, do your thing in Cape Town today and you drive around. I think we have to spare a thought for those people in the UK and in the United States and even, even Australia. Um, now, a rise in legal highs, concern of illegal drug deaths. Yeah.
1: yeah, research at the University of London. Now, the legal high, of course, is sometimes called party drugs, but stuff like ketamine, which is, I believe, a horse tranquilizer, but has become a sort of party drug, gets passed around. Some of these uh, drugs mimic other drugs, mimicking amphetamines and so forth. But the deal is is that they have not yet been Banned, therefore they are legal. There's a sense that they will eventually be illegal, but the producers of these things are usually one step ahead of government scientists who can't ban them quick enough. Essentially, research from the University of London shows us the number of deaths from so-called legal highs has increased by sevenfold, so 700% increase in three years, from 10 deaths to 70. And in fact, these stats are a couple of years old. So now it could be even more of a problem. The suggestion is they haven't gone away. Um, And although the government only yesterday actually decided to reclassify ketamine as a Class B banned substance, the trouble is that calling them party drugs attracts people. As uh, Professor Fabrizio Schifano, an expert on these things, put it, taking legal highs is like dancing in a minefield. The trouble is that doesn't put people off always, does it?
0: No, it certainly does not. George Clooney's marbles. Oh, talk about the ambiguity. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, we quite like George Clooney. I think most of the planet likes George Clooney for one reason or another, don't they? Or their He's wives.
1: Got <laughs> He's got a new film out, which actually has got lukewarm reception so far, but I gets its European premiere in Britain tonight, The Monuments Men, which is based on the true story of the Allied unit that saved loads of artworks from the Nazis during the Second World War. So George Clooney and Bill Murray and Matt Damon have been doing the junkets and the press conferences and in the course of this they were asked about other treasures some treasures turned up last week in Germany again That, in theory had been saved from the Nazis or stolen from the Nazis either way and lo and behold they got round to talking about the Elgin Marbles residing in the British Museum for the last, getting on for 200 years stolen by Lord Elgin basically in Athens, although you could say saved because the Turks had a habit then of ransacking everything and destroying everything so actually if Lord Elgin hadn't nicked all the Elgin Marbles, the argument goes, they probably would have been destroyed. The trouble is, 200 years later, as George Clooney said, you know, perhaps it's time to send them home. As Bill Murray said, they've had a nice stay in Britain, time to send them home. And then, as Matt Damon said, with a, when there's a little bit of indignation going around, it's not an argument to say they're American and they don't get it. The official UK government position, by the way, is, they're ours, we call first dibs, nya nya, or words to that effect. <laughs> Do you know what? 200 years later, George Clooney, Bill Murray and Matt Damon may have more of a point than Lord Elgin. It's just
0: possible. That's very true, and uh, allow me to use Lord Elgin's excuse at some stage.
1: Don't Um, ask (laughs) us for all the stuff that we nicked off you guys, though, because that would get expensive.
0: We'd love the the Queen's crown jewels. I thought you you might. (laughs) Adam, have a good one. Uh, Adam Gilchrist, the very wet, floaty kind of UK, and that is your UK report.